It's the classic tale of boy meets whale, boy loves whale, boy frees whale only to have whale die off shores of Norway from pneumonia because it wasn't equipped to survive in the wild. Let's bicycle down Hawthorne Bridge to Astoria to chat about Free Willy. In a world, in the year, in a time, in a city, in a war that isn't his. Every day in New York City, on the Miami Police Force, in the Deep South, in Portland, Oregon. You know, as everyone rec- <laughs> recognizes that as the sound orca whales make. Can like, I hear that calling next to Dr. To Giggles? Their, <laughs> calling out our, to their family. <laughs> it'll be our mega mix. Welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Todd Workoven, and with me, as always, is uh, Brian you, Brian Kidd, the Unipiper. I'm just so excited to talk about Free Willy. I, get, I was getting it all muffled. How are you today, Brian? Good, Todd. Uh, thanks for uh, the introduction there. Yes, it's fabulous. It's, it's all uphill from here. And also with me is Mark Middleton. Hi. How are you, Mark? I'm, I'm very well. Good. Well, before we start the show proper, we have an announcement to make. We are now officially going to be part of the Fun Employment Radio Network Yay. Uh, with Portland at the Movies. So you Exciting. can find us there. Portland... Uh, Portland's best podcast, actually, is Fun Employment Radio. They were in the same, uh, uh, was that Willamette Week? The Willamette Week, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they won this year for Best uh, Portland Podcast. They have a whole network of shows um, with a bunch of different people. Their show alone has about 1,700 past episodes because they've been doing it forever. Um, with Greg Nibbler, Greg Nibbler, I can't do names today. That's why I was saying cinematographer earlier today, too. <laughs> I'm going to uh, start using that. <laughs> with Greg Nibbler and my friend Sarah X. Dillon. Well, Greg's my friend, too. Um, but they uh, are the place that all the, the big-name comedians, when they come through town, they stop at uh, Fun Employment Radio. They had Adam Carolla and Mark Maron and Amy Schumer and W. Coleman Bell. And everyone that comes through town kind of stops there before they go in town. So definitely check it out, uh, funemploymentradio.com to find out more. Um, so we will be part of that. We will also be on our own at, at Portland at the Movies. And um, let's get into this. So... Brian, I'll, I'll let you kind of take the reins here, but um, had any of us seen... I had thought I'd seen this before, but I don't think I had. I, I have not seen this before. Okay. And I had not seen and it And you either. hadn't either. Nobody. So in 1993, I was... That was my senior year of high school. Mark, you were... In the Navy. In the Navy. You were like, what, 20? Uh, 22. 22, okay. And, and then you were... I remember being in middle school. Okay, okay. And I remember not having any desire to see it. Right, it yeah, out. I was just out of that age. And for the longest time, like, until I until I sat down and watched it, I had always figured that this was a Disney movie. And even the kids, I sat down to watch it with the kids that, that I nanny, and um, they thought it was a, a Disney movie, too, even the littler ones. So it's it's funny how that conception works. But um, But why don't you... Uh, what did you think of this movie? Were you, what were your expectations coming in? Because I mean, everybody's heard of this movie. Everyone's seen the the that that still shot there that's behind us, the whale going over the little boy, being over. It's yeah. one of those things I never paid it any thought, just because it is sort of entered the cultural lexicon. Like everyone knows Free Willy and the image of the whale jumping over the boy. And it's like, why do you need to think of it beyond that? That's all you need to know. It's about a whale. And... That fills the slots. It gives, right. gives you enough to talk about if it comes up in conversation. And Simpsons references it. Like, there's there's lots of pop culture references to yeah. Free Willy. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a phenomenon when it came out. Um, it was. Well, and it actually freed Willy, which I, I don't know if we want to right. talk about. Yeah, I think, I think the phenomenon, like, I... 
came to Portland in 1995. So the movie had been out, but it wasn't until like the next couple years that Keiko got rescued from the place in Mexico City and then brought up here to a place. To and, and so it was like free Willy, like it was everywhere. I was watching Keiko this. Keiko and Willy were. There's a YouTube documentary called uh, Keiko. A Journey Home, narrated by Rene Russo. Oh. And it was one of the studio tie-in documentaries, you know, that they would show on, on ABC during TGIF or something like that. Um, but I didn't realize that the Newport Aquarium, which is here on the Oregon coast, built Keiko a special tank. Like, it was this huge... So that was kind right. of an interesting part of that. But yeah, they brought Keiko... I, so all of this... There was a lot more Portland in this movie that I thought, than there, I thought there, there was, was a lot more Portland. Uh, and, and by a lot more, I mean any... Yeah, I didn't realize this movie was from to Portland at all. I thought yeah. we just were including Astoria. Yeah, so they had um, one of the opening scenes downtown uh, Pioneer Courthouse Square. They had, and then they had lots of bridge shots of them going back and forth over the bridge <laughs> I, I to drive to Astoria. They must have rented the Hawthorne Bridge for a day, <laughs> and they just they used it for everything. <laughs> Every like sort of every walking, they had. Yeah, you can yeah. get to anywhere in Astoria it, by going over, over the, Hawthorne the Hawthorne Bridge. bridge. <laughs> just like the police chase, the the kid riding the bicycle, With this the fish walk, in his basket. It's, it's like. Like every like everything went the whale went across the bridge once, uh, be towed by the truck. So like yeah, let's settle this. Was this supposed to be taking place in Astoria? I couldn't figure out. I where... don't think so. And when I watched it, I watched it um, when I reviewed it again. I, they never say anything more specific than Northwest. Yeah, the license right. plate. The thought. license plates are all Washington. Washington. Yeah. They don't mention Portland or Astoria by nope. name, and they just say Northwest Adventure Park. And was the exterior exterior of the the was that Oaks Park? It was yeah. okay of the aquarium. Yeah. Yeah, the the exterior shots at the, yeah. There's exactly. a little midway, which they is made the it look really at. cool. I, it yep. took me a while because they must have covered up the roller rink. Area. My first thought was this must be the park in Mexico. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was. I, thinking, I think yeah. the interior, like the all of the Keiko in the tank, that must have been all in Mexico because they didn't move it, it until precisely years precisely. after. So his sad little tank, and then they did the bad CGI of the ocean in the background. Yep. Here's where you don't live, Keiko. <laughs> we'll just put, drop that in later. Um, Todd, uh, I was really disappointed because there was no, uh, comic adaptation of this movie. Oh, like there yeah. was Dr. Giggles. Like I wanted some more deep backstory on, uh, <laughs> Jesse's mom and the mystery there. <laughs> but, uh, so the, the next best thing I, I, I did find, um, a free Willy related item that I wanted to bring into you <sighs> here today. Ooh, this Looks a lot like the the uh, the blow up Shamu doll that you would get at SeaWorld. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> yes. blow that up. Yeah. So, so yeah, why don't you why don't you uh, start taking us through the movie here? I'll I'll blow this up. Okay. So uh, you start blowing that up, and we'll we'll listen to you uh, blow up. A... <laughs> Exhale. <laughs> you breathe into Willie's Willie. <laughs> it's really his blowhole, if you think. <laughs> it's by his fin. Oh, did you notice? I guess all of the um, the skin around Willie's flippers. I read a little bit on Did that. Did you? Do you know any more about that? It said that Willie in captivity uh, developed some sort of rash. Yes. And it was kind of gross. It and was it was it was gross. HPV. Well, I guess it wasn't H because that's human papillomavirus, but it was papillomavirus. <laughs> and it was from T.S. Whale papillomavirus, as we all know it. But yeah, it was because of the, it was too warm in the tank in Mexico and it was artificial uh. salt. And so when they moved him over to... Newport that like within six months had all gone away. Oh wow! So he yeah he ended oh. up healing there. So well, that's that's a happy uh. story. Um, 
anything else we found uh, worthy to share in oh, researching this movie? Out. Yeah, it's just going to be you and me for the rest of the show, Mark. <laughs> My tiny smoker's lungs. <laughs> uh, one thing I thought was really funny. Bag. Th- this uh, movie kind of suffers from the Frankenstein syndrome. When people talk about it, they like to refer to the whale as if his name was Free Willy. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah. Was, oh, that is funny. Yeah. yeah, it's never just Willie, and it kind of feels wrong with Willie because whenever I was in my notes going to talk about Willie, I would say Keiko because that Willie didn't seem like a name because it was Free Willie. It was either Free Willie or right. Keiko. Yeah, Willie, say Willie, the Willie Show. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this movie was uh, Richard Donner was the executive producer, and he was the director of Goonies. Um, really, which, which is this interesting uh, Astoria connection. I don't know if that was at all uh, part of the reason how they huh. ended up filming there because of his past experience working on the Goonies. Huh. I, I, I have no idea. But then, you know, Willie, too, was the, the pirate from the Goonies. Where should we put Willie? <laughs> right in, right, right in front face. of Brian's face. Oh, yes. If you couldn't <laughs> see my face last episode, wait till you see this. The show is nothing but constructs of things we can pile in front of you. You're like the next door neighbor on Home Improvement. Yeah, Wilson. Will, yeah. He's always covered by something. <laughs> Um, and so I thought the director, oh, perfect. I thought the director did all, there are four sequels to this movie. I mean, how? No, three sequels. Three sequels. sequels. Four to so, oh, yeah, four four in the series. So do you know any Plus of the plots, plots to the sequel? Uh, I, I mean, know the much... third one is about an escape because it's called Free Willy 3, The Escape. <laughs> and I know the fourth one stars Bindi Irwin. Oh. But I mean, I don't know how much more Free Willy, like, it, free is like binary. Yeah. Like, you the, free him once. The Freer. second one had a uh, subtitle like Return to the Wild or Return oh, to the Family or something yeah, like that. Something like it. But I think that one was filmed in Astoria, too. But I have never, I do a lot of uh, hunting for VHS tapes because I make uh, notebook covers out of them. And it is. But you were going to say whale hunting. <laughs> whale, I do a lot of whale hunting in my spare time. So I'm very, very familiar. <laughs> Uh, but I every time I go to a thrift store, Free Willy is inevitably there. <laughs> so it's not – I don't think it's a – and I don't – I feel like it was a big deal for our generation. But like I – every single kid I asked, you know, have, have you seen today. Free Willy? Thinking today. Uh, no, over the past over the past week or so, and they were kind of a, ver- a variety of ages, none of them like felt any connection or like they're like, oh, I've never seen that. But had they what? heard of it? Kind of. So is there any sort of cultural awareness? Still? I don't. I don't know. I wonder. If you start singing the, the song. Ki- the kids in the nineties. Like, well, you're a kid in the nineties. You're a nineties kid. Yeah, nineties kid. You did, understand those memes Sarah? that say only nineties kids understand, <laughs> right? Did Sarah? Uh, was she a big Free Willy fan? <laughs> she did say that she really enjoyed it growing up. It wasn't one of her go-to movies, but I think she had a really interesting perspective because she grew up on the Oregon coast. Right. And so, you know... Classes it, would go up, like, up to the field Newport. Trips and, yeah, you know, everyone that I've talked to who grew up in Oregon talked about how they made a trip out to see Keiko because it was one of those right. things everyone right. did who you lived had in do. Oregon. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're a marine biologist, aren't you? <laughs> By by education, I mean, was this was this big in the circles of marine biology? Was he like 
Not when I was in school. <laughs> they had moved on. They'd moved on, yeah. Um, I should let's use this uh, moment to point out that uh, orcas are actually dolphins. That they actually said that in the movie, and they're like, "It's the it's the largest of the dolphins." Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I kind of didn't. What's the difference between a whale and a dolphin? <clears throat> dolphins are uh, whales. Um, they are in a specific all, family. All dolphins That's are whales. whales not, not all whales, whales are, are dolphins. Right. The, there you go. The mystices and the adontases and yeah. Uh, I didn't know either. There was cetaceans. a couple. There's a couple shots of. Uh, of when Keiko's head was out of the water, and I didn't realize they had like a a slitted nose that looked. I mean, was I? Hmm. I did. Was I? Know that scene. When, that when like... you could see it pretty clearly. I know what you're talking about. You could see it pretty clearly when, uh, when the poor kid was uh, kissing his forced, nose, forced in, to kiss in, an animal <laughs> in the trailer. Boy, on which had love. to have just been uh, an animatronic. Uh, I don't know. You know. I kept going back and forth. Now, no, the one in the in the trailer was just a big. Oh, in the trailer, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was in the trailer and and kissing the a rubber. <laughs> piece of material put your lips on it (laughs) but yeah i guess i didn't realize because you'd think well whales can't smell underwater because they can't take in i mean they breathe they breathe air and what would they be smelling above the like it seemed like a anyway i was kind of surprised that they did have a they did have a a slit for the nose i wish i could tell you more but i didn't continue on in my whale studies (laughs) (laughs) one more thing i want to mention about the the movie that i found particularly interesting before we get into the nitty-gritty um, this was uh, one of the movies in the 90s that inspired its own animated series, Free Willy the <laughs> Animated Series. Really? Lasted for, I think, 22 episodes. Um, what is the storyline? Let that takes... me, I'm glad you asked, <laughs> Todd. It's amazing. Here is the oh, synopsis from the IMDb. The whale just jumped out it's from trying behind to you. Be, it's trying to escape. <laughs> Free him. <laughs> Mark will fix that and I will read the description of Free Willy the animated series. In this animated series, Jesse gets a job at the marina where he reunites with Willy and Jesse finds he has a power to talk with animals by relaxing his mind. They team up with both human and animal friends to fight the machine, a half-human, half-robot who's (laughs) out to pollute the oceans for his own personal gain. Yes. There's a lot of money in polluting the oceans. Uh, he here. actually creates henchmen out of pollution. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's amazing. It's, I, I uh, watched... it's like the Captain Planet of the, the 90s shows about environmentalism. Yeah, they've got uh, like half of the episodes are streaming on Amazon oh, Instant. Man. So go go watch Free Willy, the animated series, and and ask yourself, why? <laughs> how did this get made? But, I mean, how... Now, did you guys think this was a good brown movie? Cow. How now, brown cow? Did you guys think this was a good is a good movie? I, I don't think it necessarily deserved the attention it got. I think the only reason it got the attention was because it happened to be the whale movie, and people were just ready to be excited about whales again. Right. But the movie itself, I thought, was just sort of serviceable, passable, average. Because I didn't, I didn't think it was a bad movie. Right. Uh, it it did uh, like encourage breaking the law a lot. <laughs> I did uh, notice. I did. They, this had very like '80s kids in it that were like when yep. they were up to no good. It was like real, like it was crime and theft and yep. like yeah. it was big deal. It wasn't like a sanitized right. And nobody ever corrected them. There's for no one anything. ever around to watch the children. No, they are yeah. free to roam wherever they want. The the uh, the foster care person like. Uh, got him out of uh, Dwight. all uh, Dwight. Uh, got him out of all of the, uh, you know. I I talked to the judge on your behalf, right. and you and you're, you don't have to go to court. Right. Uh, and 
the the foster dad wasn't upset when he just when the truck got destroyed uh he's like baseball through the window and and their their final words are okay well let's go home and i i wanted to say like are you calling an uber because you just rolled the truck into the water 45 miles per hour backwards of the whale on your trailer into the bay yeah okay we'll we'll get to all those things but like uh. well because i guess i i mean it like i said i the movie was not made it was fun for us and it it was fun to watch and And it's still i did watch it with kids and it's still captivated like it wasn't a bad movie like we're we have experienced so far in this it was easy to follow (laughs) easy to follow so yeah why don't you walk us through the uh the complicated plot of which includes three minutes of whale footage right out of the gate to start the movie. That's right. Right out of the gate. I think uh, I figured out it was filmed in uh, British Columbia, San Juan Islands area. Not surprising. That's exactly what it looks like. But then just out of nowhere, it cuts from these nice, peaceful, serene scenes of the whale to the, uh, the villainous uh, whale hunters, catchers with a boat named Pequod. Pequod. Yeah. From uh, the boat from Moby Dick. Symbolism any much? Oh. <laughs> I don't think I that's really that symbolism. Right over Mark's head. I, think <laughs> I had to look it up. I was like, I bet you that says Pequod for you because I've never read Moby Dick. Oh, I'm going to be that. honest here. I have never read that book. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and uh, then they, they – I liked how they were speaking. They're like throwing these nets at the whale and they're like, yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. The, I couldn't figure out why they get batting the water, I guess, just to throw off their – sonar or whatever or to have something to do in the movie (laughs) right and then we get to something that i've come to uh, notice as a trend in movies is that um the marketing materials in the uh the font and the logos that you see for movies on the poster is often not at all how it is shown when it's the title in the movie and i think that 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 may come later or something there's like a disconnect but i thought so eventually we get to where it says free willy on the screen (laughs) and it is in a complete circle Circle. it looks like it was done in microsoft paint (laughs) it was it was publisher and it had this animation it comes word art yeah and then it tilts (laughs) and it looks like a little life raft on there or a little Uh. uh but I that thought it was, was cool how was we now have the words Free Willy in a circle, and then it became superimposed on the circle in Pioneer Square. <laughs> yep. <laughs> nice um, transition to, uh, to but of course, Portland's was, living room. That was a surprise right off the bat, because I don't think any of us were aware that this movie was at all filmed in Portland. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool to see. It was. I thought it looked It looks, It looks. looked good, I thought. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Busy. Right. Nice. Very, bright very busy. And vibrant. Nothing like the real Portland right. from 1993. Tons of street kids, though. But then we were introduced to our main character, um, Jesse, and his uh, hoodlum friends. And they are panhandling for money in Pioneer uh, Square, so nothing has really changed right. in uh, 20 years since this movie. <laughs> Gutter came out. punks. They just wore different clothes back <laughs> then. Right. And less meth at the time. <laughs> right. yeah. And I liked one of the lines that uh, one of the kids used. It's like, we spent all of our money at the Natural History Museum. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah. Like kids do. Story in Natural History Museum. (laughs) All those ruffians love to hang out at museums. Yeah. And then, um, so one thing, uh, one elephant whale in the room, if you will, that we're going to have to address with this movie is uh, geography. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, The first sort of uh mind warp was um the the kids were you know stealing the money and then they were stealing food at a restaurant and then they hopped a fence and it was a restaurant clearly in portland and they hopped a fence and then suddenly they were in a on the other side yeah. of that fence yeah <laughs> um so 
obviously, since I think we agreed this movie is not supposed to be Astoria, they're using scenes in Portland to flesh out Astoria to make it seem like a much larger right. coastal city. Right. Which would be cool if Astoria was that Right, because later, I mean, when, when they steal the whale at the, at the end, they're like, let's take this route. It's less traveled. And I'm like, this whole town is like one block away from the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you taking a mountain road? <laughs> Uh, and then there's a tree in the middle of the road because Portland. Right, that right. happens all the time here. <laughs> and one of the kids' friend, I looked, um, I looked him up. One of them was in, on the Wonder Years, but the other girl I was, I recognized too. Another supporting cast member of Roseanne, Doctor Giggles had oh. Mark, who was one of the, um, one of the characters on Roseanne, and, and the girl who never shows up again. No, the girl who helps them steal the cake. Right, the yeah, back. and then oh, right. So they jump the fence for a story, and then we cut to uh, we're in Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two. Yep. Um, and uh, of course the Burnside Skate Park, and they have this uh, cake that the kids stole, and they're just chowing. they're just eating it yeah. like monsters. It that one me... black kid was just like <laughs> smearing it all over his face, and they're like, Come it reminded on. me of like there was meth. <laughs> it reminded me of a banquet scene in one of a medieval movie where they have like the table, and they're just like shoving turkey legs in their mouth. But it was just like big hunks cake. of ham that they're. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous. I mean, they're not children. They were they're like twelve years old. You wouldn't twelve year old don't eat cake like they're an <laughs> infant. Um, I think they run by some of the bridges, so it's like Portland, <laughs> and then suddenly they're in a marina uh, at night, and then we get introduced to uh, Willie. Willie, yes, yeah, Willie. Just like a was just like a flash of lightning or something. Nah, that right, there was a eyes. there was a lightning storm going on outside. Of course, yeah, and of course, like we I, have in Portland all the it time. It blew me away. Not in in this movie. Not just how free the kids were to go wherever, Anywhere. And whenever they wanted. But there's no security. There's no. I mean, there's like one cop for this town who seems v- vaguely disinterested <laughs> in anything that's happening around him. But oh no, no, I remember uh, the police. Um, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. They when they catch him, do you remember what happened? I don't. They f- so the uh, they see Willie and uh, they start spray painting the tank and you know creating graffiti and a yeah. mess inside the the uh, what we find out is the Northwest Adventure Park. Uh, but then the police show up and they actually catch Jesse and they slam him to the ground and he's got like a bloody nose mma style take this 12 year old down (laughs) like three adults so on concrete stairs yes so again nothing has changed in uh, 20 years in portland with the uh, police yeah that was that was shocking how brutal that they took that little kid down because he he didn't fight back or anything it's just he just ends up with a bloody nose and (laughs) yeah Oh. And they take him to the station. Um, and then I think it's daytime by the time he's at the station. The, yeah, it is. So it I, is in the middle of the day with the guy who plays, uh, I think he played Bubba in Forrest Gump. The, shri- the oh, Bubba, sh- the shrimp guy. Nice. Uh, plays that role. So that insinuates that they must have kept him in the cell overnight. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Probably thinking too hard here. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to do something with him. He has no parents. Every- That's right. Everybody and- is so mean. To him about like, because the kid they sit really uh, in the mean. same scene the the um, Bubba Bubba Gump sits him down at the desk. He's the he's the foster care caseworker, and the kid's like, "Oh, I'm just I'm still waiting for my mom," and like increasingly over the movie, like the way that they're talking to this kid about how the mom is never coming back is yeah. just awful. Mean, yeah. 
in the message that this movie ends up sending because ultimately we don't find out what happened to the mom and she doesn't return and the movie is just telling kids that hey life you know and we never see the other foster children again like the girl disappears (laughs) 10 minutes into the movie at the end we don't see them again i mean all these children wandering around the northwest like natty you grow up fast when you watch free willy (laughs) and this is the real world well perry goes on to california right Oh, that's right. Because he has yeah. that ridiculously inappropriate postcard from Venice with the <laughs> roller skating women with their legs up. Right. Come on. Uh, <laughs> oh, Perry. Okay. Uh, so we're in the police station and uh, we're introduced to Dwight, the social worker who I guess handles Jesse's case without a. And he's working on placing Jesse in a new foster home. Um, and I think that's the next scene. We cut to uh, a house in Astoria. Where we're introduced to uh, foster mom. I was trying to see if it dad. was the same uh, house as uh, Short Circuit, because there's another house. Mm. There's another yeah, one on the different hill. House. In, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a, a different. I remember house. the one in Short Circuit seemed to have like all sorts of fenced in porches. Yeah, and... yeah. Although this house, I want to be a tow truck driver in a super small town, so I can afford this giant, beautiful house overlooking yeah. right. the bay. That was an amazing house. I loved what uh, so so the okay the dad we find out the foster dad is played by Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. Yep, which is uh, you a know bizarre I, choice I think. It is bizarre and it's definitely the worst thing I've seen him in because <laughs> he's his acting is noticeably terrible in this movie. <laughs> well, and like I I could not figure out his character his motivation he doesn't seem to like children all that much yeah he's his, he's just following his wife uh, like it, but it then seemed like it and that seems true too but it, like the rest of the relationship didn't seem like that i mean they were a very it seemed like their marriage his, was solid like it wasn't his any, character traits just seemed to like come and change, go just due to whatever is called for in the story at that moment that's totally true because yeah he was yeah, it. I couldn't make sense of it. I love the mom though. I, I want her to be my early '90s mom. I love it. Uh, she she uh, tries to get Jesse to help her with computers, and <laughs> Jesse's all like, "I'm not into computers." I don't like computers. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like to eat with my mouth full. This is 1993. What what kid is not, not into computers? Not in the computers. Yeah. So they take Jesse up to his uh, new room, which is amazing, and you know would be a five star Airbnb room in in Astoria. Um, and he's got a nice new pair of Nike Airs on the bed. Like these parents are, these these would be fantastic. Oh, they're killing it. Parents. Yeah. yeah, especially like I said, especially the mom. There's but the dad, I wrote in the down. Room. We talked. We talked before we started recording about favorite lines from the movie, and I did. I just came across one that I did write down. Okay, and Todd, that this was, is your your favorite this line. This is mine. I should find it. It's so the um, the caseworker Bubba Gump is is <laughs> dropping the kid off, and there's some papers to sign, and um. Uh, the caseworker says, you know, oh, when I did, when I bought my car, there was 37 Seven pages or whatever. And Michael Matz, the dad goes, yeah, well, I know. What, what does he say? I'm, I'm not. This is a lease. It. We're not buying yet. I'm not buying it. <laughs> what an awful it. attitude to have about the foster child that was just <laughs> dropped off of your house. Anyhow, anything goes wrong, I'm <laughs> kicking this kid out in the curb again. Okay, so I... And, not to spoil it, but I know your line coming up is also by the dad. By the yes. dad. Yes. We're sensing a theme. <laughs> so he goes to bed, and then next day we find out uh, Jesse has to go back to the park um, as part of his plea bargain, I guess, is that he has to clean up the mess that he made and the graffiti that he sprayed on the tank. So uh, we're introduced to Northwest Adventure Park and uh, the characters that uh, work and run that environment during the daytime. 
Uh, and uh, we should mention Northwest Adventure Park. Uh, Oaks Bottom was the stand-in okay. in, in Portland. Right, right, right. Um, it, but then the uh, so so the Northwest Adventure Park is it's kind of an interesting name. I, in the context of the movie, I guess it is supposed to just be a marine park. I think kind of so. like a Sea World. Yeah, but although we really only see the one tank that, and we only see two other seals. I mean, we don't see penguins. Right, there's, we there's don't kind see of like a, it's right. kind of like a carnival. Yeah, there's games. It's got rides. There's a Ferris wheel. Oh, yeah, that's true. But we, we know it's on the coast, and they have a whale tank. Yeah, that over also overlooks the bay. Right. So it, so that the whales can talk to each other when they're driving by on their yearly migration or whatever and squeal at each other. Now, as a marine biologist, do <laughs> whales make that noise? I mean, I've heard whales make a lot of different noises for a lot of different reasons. I don't and work this, at a marine park or <laughs> around whales. So you can't say for sure. So I can't say for sure. That they don't make... <laughs> that noise. <laughs> oh, is that Dr. Giggles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the noise of Keiko missing his uh, missing his family as the family is migrating by, I guess. I don't care if that is the sound whales make. <laughs> it shouldn't. That is the moment. They should have changed that they, for yeah, the movie. Yeah, I would have accepted any change. <laughs> I wouldn't have called them out on it. Because he had been making like other, you know, dolphin slash porpoise-esque noises earlier for that. Like humans are familiar with some of those noises that the that orcas make. And that was just so distracting. It was. Oh, man, that's funny. Um, so we're introduced to a couple more characters uh, at the Northwest Adventure Park. We're introduced to uh, Ray, who is the uh, she's getting her PhD, and she's this is of, this is Lori Petty. Lori Petty. Lori Tank Petty, girl. who is schmacting up a storm in this movie. I thought she's <laughs> so <laughs> just acting, schmacting like so, chewing the. I'm doing this, and I, she's what so I what I felt 90s. like is her character was used visually to validate any other thing that just happened. And so they would like, he would rub the tongue and and then they had to cut to her to validate, ah, oh, you're doing and, it right. And, and her gasp and her, her giggle and her smile and her thing were just to punctuate whatever just happened. Well, right. she is the expert and you do want the expert's validation. Right, right. Because I guess, does her character have another point in this story? Like, mm -hmm. it could have done without her. Because we have uh, the, the Randolph, the uh, Native, the American. Native American guy. Yeah. And I mean, he's the one that, it, yeah. So her, you're, you're right, right Mark, that it is. She's just there to say, this is okay. <laughs> right. What you just did was right. Maybe maybe they thought audiences wouldn't buy that a Native American could be a whale trainer. A whale trainer. <laughs> But yeah, you can't she have was because he he represents like the mysticism and right. and and you can't have yeah. that person be the science character as well. That's true. You can have a mystic scientist, but yeah, she was what, just so what aggressive in the '90s. What was his job, Mark? That, oh, I, oh, <laughs> because he's like not, literally in he's the not end, he's like, I don't care about this job anyway, and uh, let's steal. Oh. The whale. <laughs> he lives at the park. He lives at the park. He's not maintenance. We never see him fixing anything. He does help get it into the med net, the medical right. sling. So he knows how to operate the backhoe. security? No, there is no security. <laughs> Children are just wandering around in the middle of the night I, in this place. I think he's just like the Bagger Vance character <laughs> that's there for mystical wisdom. That's true. <laughs> that's true because... He's not the janitor. He's not the. 
He's not he the didn't... ticket taker. He's not the trainer. He's not the. <laughs> I have no idea. He's not the expert. Was. No. He no just idea. wandered there one day. He thinks he has a job, a job there, and he does he, not. Well, he He's... was in charge of HR, if you will, because he the the boy Jesse was told to go there and talk and to him to, to get a job. That's right. So oh, maybe he's, he's the just one in who charge offers, of HR. And then uh, a couple scenes later, he, yeah, he offers, offers Jesse the job. the job. Yeah. So there you go, head of HR. Head head of of we HR. just figured that out, <laughs> Randolph. I didn't think this movie was going to be this difficult. <laughs> We're also introduced, uh, I, and I couldn't. I couldn't figure out. So he he comes back to clean to start. Um, Sarah was the only one. Sarah who, says he's the trainer, and uh, Nick says park caretaker. But I no, I would, we yeah. don't have any ev- show us the evidence. Sarah could, says they call him one of the trainers. Show us the evidence. <laughs> he didn't train. <laughs> but I couldn't figure out like when this park was supposed to be open and what because the kid Jesse is down there like scrubbing the wall. And then, like, here's the crowd noise from upstairs where the show is supposedly going on, the lackluster show, because they can't, they're showing the seals, but but Keiko won't do anything, or Willie won't do anything. But during all that, he's down there clean, trying to clean the paint off the walls, and no one else is down there. (laughs) That's not a question, I I guess. I was just (laughs) noticing that. I couldn't figure out. But if this is the, I guess they, there's this in the midway, so there's not a really big reason to go to the park in the first place, I guess, <laughs> if the whale doesn't perform. Well, at this point, uh, we've, uh, Jesse ends up cleaning the tank, and at this point, we are firmly settled into the pattern of pretty much the rest of the movie, where we will cut between scenes of the marina and Jesse at home. Marina, Jesse at home. Rinse, repeat. And that <laughs> is true. literally what Sometimes happens. Sometimes he sneaks out at night to get there. The Sometimes whole he... rest of the movie feels like one giant montage. It does. Because you were, when you were talking about uh, what the guy did, what Randolph does for a job and having Lori Petty only be there to reinforce, it does feel like the the whole middle third of this movie is a training montage. There is an actual <laughs> there montage. There is an actual montage. But it just kind of bleeds into the scenes surrounding it and you're just like, okay, enough already. I am I was really bored. Yeah. Well, and they introduce the two villains of the movie. There's the park owner. Yes, played by Michael Ironside. By Michael Ironside. Fantastic. Yeah. I had no idea he was in this. I saw him this summer oh, at really? the Hollywood Theater. And if I had known he was in Free Willy, I may have asked him about that. <laughs> but wow, what a choice. I, I, I had just seen him in Highlander 2, The Quickening, oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. We um, watched that too. Did you? Yeah. That's funny. That's another discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other guy, um, so there's Michael Ironside and the guy named Richard R- Reel, Ryle. And he <laughs> henchman. Was, he Henchman. He's main henchman. Um, but he's the guy from Office Space. Uh, right. I work, with the, I work with the customers. The guy. Wow. What is it exactly that you do here? And I didn't know from that until I looked it up. But I was watching this with um with the kids and Colin, my autistic buddy Colin, who watches this movie was right up his alley because he loves animal movies. He has watched every Airbud movie, every like K nine Turner and Hooch. It was a anything whole bad in the nineties. Yeah, and so he's seen them all. And so that guy pops up on screen, and I thought he was recognizing Michael Ironside because he Michael Ironside shows up in like Everything. all sorts of crazy things. Yeah, and he's like. 12 Dogs of Christmas. And I was like, what? It's like, that's guy from 12 Dogs of Christmas. And sure enough, um, I looked up 12 yeah, Dogs, dogs of, of Christmas, Christmas with Richard Reel, oh my whatever gosh. his name was. Yeah, so that was hilarious. But the he's been jump all... to conclusions, Matt, didn't the, yeah, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. The jump to conclusions guy. <laughs> you jump to different conclusions. conclusions. But all of, I would say, except for Jesse, 
every single other person in this movie has been working constantly like throughout their career. These are all like heavy lifting character actors. Every one of them looking at their IMDb Even things. Even Perry. Perry, Perry went on uh, like his Wait, buddy friend, the buddy, yeah, okay. the buddy went that went down punk, to California, the punk kid, yeah. yeah. He's a character actor, and he's been in dozens in of everything. Yeah. yeah, I was blown away. Like everyone involved in this movie has just been constantly working, except yeah. Jesse, except for Jesse, <laughs> except for Jesse. But he yeah, was, so it was yeah. pretty great. Anyway, um, okay, so th- th- this next part, I I may jumble up scenes here, but you know it's okay. Just know we're going to be going back from the marina to home. <laughs> the marina to home via the Hawthorne Bridge. Via the... <laughs> okay, let's talk about that now. Let's see if we can figure out the geography of this movie. <laughs> Th- this is you know only in Portland of the movies would we care this much about the geography about where of... the bridges go. Yeah. So okay, we we know um, he lives in Astoria. We know right. he goes to the marina. We know the marina is in mech we can say it's either in mexico or portland because the midway is in right portland and the uh whale show is in mexico so he must leave his house via (laughs) the hawthorne bridge then he ends up in mexico no and then he ends up uh it he crosses the hawthorne bridge into oaks bottom that makes sense you actually would you could do that yep then but then you're in mexico (laughs) um and Uh, then uh, the um, the auto shop where the the family works in is down on Fifty Second. Oh, it's now it been Foster. it's now been taken out. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's uh, southeast. Uh, it's like Division Fifty Second. Yeah, Fifty Second and yeah something uh, down down that direction. So but was it, there was there, there anything anymore. else other than the view that was Astoria? Like oh, just the oh, yeah, the the wharf, the market, yeah, the yeah, market. The oh, okay, market. I was trying to figure out yeah. what wharf market, but I do have I have the clip here of uh, the dad dropping and the boy off to go clean the graffiti, and he the house the house is also in the story, and when he bicycles away from the house, that street that goes down the hill, that's also the story. okay. So I have the dad saying, kind of giving vague directions of how to get back to the house, so maybe he <laughs> oh, says this it. Is good, yeah. Maybe he says it here. Let's see. Michael Madsen. Hey, Jess. Remember that turn right before the bridge? Hey, Jesse. My garage is straight up from there. And if you go six more blocks, you'll be right at the house. Think you can find it? So basically, one street. If you're on the bridge, keep going straight, and then there's the garage, and then keep going straight, and then there's our house. Right. So, well, that makes it convenient. No wonder they let him just bicycle around. All by himself constantly, no matter what time of day it is. Uh, okay, uh, so we get some scenes of Jesse uh, and and uh, Foster Dad trying to bond. They're they're playing catch out in the yard, um, and we learn that uh, Jesse gets to set his own curfew. I I liked. I thought as a as a child care provider, that was I thought a great technique of having the kid come up with the rules themselves because they take ownership, ownership of that. Of They're part of the mm-hmm. process, and so I thought, good for you, Michael Madsen. I thought that was a good move. Right. He's he's good when the script needs him to be good. Right. And, right. But, totally. Yeah. Until he starts yelling at his wife for no reason, <laughs> and a couple scenes later, you scared but, me. Um, oh so then we get a scene where Jesse goes back to the uh, adventure park. Uh, and this is before he's offered the job, so I, I don't remember exactly why. I guess he was lonely for the whale because he thought he would never see the whale again after he finished his service right. there. And this is when he uh, pulls out his harmonica for the first time. Right. Well, he had played it by the fence earlier. 
uh, before uh, Michael Madsen came out to play baseball with him. Oh, right. So okay. he had been playing the, the send in, what I thought was send in the, the clown clowns. refrain. <laughs> but this was where he, for the first time, uh, has the connection with, right. with Keiko with, or with, with Willie, Willie, with Free Willie. So it's kind of like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Exactly. Um, we're going to communicate oh, right. via music. Yeah, 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 with a five note. Phrase. But what irritated me, so they're using this harmonica a couple times. They're setting up the harmonica, they're setting up the connection between Free Willie and the harmonica. And then they just never mention again. Like one scene, it goes away. It doesn't play. And in the final scene where like I thought maybe, I mean, and we'll get there when they had to get his attention away from all the people Mm -hmm. slapping the paddles. He would take out their harmonica and play. No, Or how cool would it have been if he was playing the Michael Jackson song? (laughs) (laughs) Like it would have made a deeper connection to to the movie. Right. Because that song on its own has nothing to do with the movie other than it was in the end credits. Yep. Yep. It was just off his last album. (sighs) But yeah, that harmonica never comes into play in any significant way much like the mom much like the mom yeah all the yeah I, all these characters are just like when they need a chess piece mm-hmm. they'll take out the mom piece or the <laughs> the whatever piece even and and uh, we'll, we'll get to that point but when they go up to the park which is ecola park in uh um oh yeah cannon beach and and uh they want they don't discuss it uh the fact that they're going to do this but um uh, what's the social worker's name? Dwight. Dwight. Bubba Gump. So <laughs> Dwight is going to have this deep conversation with Jesse. And so the parents just randomly just go over to a bench and they are just talking amongst themselves. <laughs> they didn't like, you know, why don't you talk to him? They'll give him some. Right. No, they just like, they just wander away. It's like stage directions. It so was so right. absolutely. sits on the couch. Yeah. Exactly. This script doesn't call for you here. <laughs> right. And so they're just <laughs> literally just standing over on the couch, not active in this really empowering conversation right. with it has or stepping in unit. as the foster care worker is telling him your mom didn't even look around she didn't stop the car she didn't care you're trash i want you to know it it's like come on this is a child all he wants is his mom good grief exactly anyway that's skipping ahead <laughs> But yeah, so, he, he takes up the mark, harmonica. Harmonica, right? yeah. And then I don't remember if he goes home and then back again or if that's the same time where he just ends up falling in the tank. I don't really care, but he ends up falling in the tank. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's when uh, he and Willie bond because Will, and he Willie sinks, sinks like a rock. Like he was made of granite. <laughs> <laughs> just straight down to the bottom of that pool. And he was under for a while. Is he <laughs> supposed like, to be unconscious? I... Did he hit his? Uh, yeah, I think it implied that he hit his head. Like he slipped, he and slipped fell. on that thing. But yeah, he just fell tanked. on his face and rolled rolled around, and which sent. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But the whole time he manages to hold onto that harmonica. Um, the harmonica that never comes back. Huh. <laughs> that would have been great if Willie would have swallowed it. So whenever he <laughs> he would like do the breathing in and out, he would do a harmonica noise. <laughs> It would, would have make sounded better more than more sense than right. Oh, I don't even have it. Uh, anyway, uh, okay. So where are we? Yes. <laughs> so it with sounds harmonica. so Simpsons. Sounds like a theremin, baby. It it sounds like a theremin. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's. Uh, um, and I noticed that nobody like this kid. 
Like, which is, I guess, understandable as a foster kid. He'll sneak out. He'll like, whatever. That's all fine. Nobody ever Everyone calls the parents or disciplined. Like, he'll show up somewhere no. in the middle of the night and, like, interact no with, like, five different adults and no one thinks to call the foster parents. <laughs> right. Oh, you're hanging out at this amusement park in the middle of the night playing with a killer whale? Oh, let me join you and not tell your parents who are... Oh, that's right. So, after he falls in, that's when uh, Randolph drives him home and then he is offered the job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which he's very excited about. Yes. And then the dad is very excited that his, the kid is interested in something. Did they say what the job was? Just help. Yeah. I yeah. think just help out around the park. Yeah. I mean, he is a child and it is illegal. <laughs> he's going to be our him, star so. trainer. <laughs> right. How old we will, was we will he? eventually yeah. hang him out to dry when something <laughs> fails, but for right now he'll pick up trash. He's supposed to be like 12. I would say 12, 12. Yeah. Don't you have to be, 14 or 15 or something oh, at least to, this, was to, the, this was the early 90s though to jump into the whale <laughs> whale tank with a with a, a with giant a, wild animal wild, well, no. we'll start you with these lions now if you can handle them <laughs> <laughs> we we end up learning that one of the jobs that jesse gets to do is uh prepare the fish for willie now as a marine biologist why would they separate bad fish from good fish when you're talking no about a whale idea what that was about whether they were cleaning the why would you clean the fish for a whale and what constitutes a bad fish right and she, she even holds it up and she's this like the shows bad him, this is a this bad one fish. had the belly bitten out of it it's like well the whale is gonna swallow a hundred of these whole in one second yeah and they imply that they were like feeding him one salmon at a time that they would ride his bike over the bridge to fetch and i don't understand salmon is his favorite and he was paying for that himself i guess he stole the first that's why he stole was that why he stole it because the aquarium was only getting bad food or whatever and that was the chocolate what whales consider salmon the chocolate of their chocolate or whatever that weird line was treat um and then later he ends up purchasing fish at the market and, and they're like patting him on the shoulder and they're like, Oh, Jesse, congratulations Jesse. for not stealing. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't make sense of like why he was traveling to a fish market to buy one fish at a time for something that eats like three tons a day. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, Lori Petty was able to, to give us some whale facts during that too, which was when she said it was the world, the biggest dolphin and right. what so, they eat. And so that's what it was. She was there to provide like the science. Right. And then Randolph, uh, there's the scene where Jesse goes to uh, his house, like, kind of like at the outskirts of the park, and then we get the the Native the American mystic, story. Yeah. And I just tune that out, and and I, I blame uh, Nick's recent birthday party because all I could think of was Coco Pele. <laughs> and, uh, it's ruined me for Aww. life. Any any sto- <laughs> myth story like that, I'm just gonna. Whew. That is funny, <laughs> Coco, Coco Pele. Pele. But yeah, I'd written down a couple times here. We get a montage, another montage, another. <laughs> and there was when uh, another thing that came up, Lori Petty. I don't know why she bothered me or if it's her voice or I couldn't get it out of her head because I've seen A League of Their Own so many times. And she's Gina Davis's younger sister in A League of Their Own. But she was constantly walking around a 12 year old boy with no bra on. Mm. Which she, I found she really had, inappropriate, she, and like her, kind of touching him and grabbing him and asking him if he had she a had girlfriend. Freed, yeah, that freed was, her willies. Yes, <laughs> she's like, I'm just gonna go in the bathroom <laughs> and freshen up. Hey, you got a girlfriend? I know. Oh, just asking. It was <laughs> just, really, really creepy. And that's when um, he asked 
uh, Jesse asked why his fin was bent over. And she's like, nobody knows. Maybe we'll never know. <laughs> it couldn't be this tiny tank that this giant animal is in. But yeah, that sad, that sad bent over dorsal fin. was. It, it's not bent over when he's excited to see him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep, I keep closing our window of... <laughs> <laughs> uh then we get to the scene at uh dad's dad's uh car shop uh which yeah. is the unnecessary drama that that i think that also was in when michael madsen is very mean to jesse about his mom yeah he's all upset he about. is too and he's like you're not you're never gonna see her again everyone is really adamant and letting him know like not that he's has somewhere safe to stay until she comes back but to like to really divorce him of that hope that he had in life. That she, she dropped would, you off and she drove away. She never even looked in the rearview mirror, you piece of garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone in this movie is really kind of terrible at their jobs. Like she can't train the whale. The Native American guy really has no job and can't keep kids from graffitiing the place. The foster care worker doesn't know how to work with children. The owner of the park can't get the uh, the the insurance <laughs> scam to, right. to work. <laughs> the mom can't get an article published without giving it away for free <laughs> to different magazines. Oh man, it's like. They were following a formula writing the script because they had that scene in the shop with some unnecessary family drama. And they're just like, okay, formula says we need some uh, some more drama. So they, they do the shop and then suddenly we're back at home. And then uh, the, the foster mom and foster dad are both fighting. Yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere too. Like, I don't didn't know. didn't seem in character for any of them. Right, because they had never even... Was it the scene he, before that the kid was like, well, do you ever yell at each exactly. other? Exactly. They, they had set that up as a thing because he asked do you two ever fight right. oh well we schedule it once every two months oh, <laughs> we, oh, we're we, just know, people we're just people we have real life characteristics right <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh and then like literally three minutes later in the movie they're fighting they're and fighting. he's freaking out right. and I'm going to throw a ball through the window and nobody scolds him for right. that. No, he just, Are you okay? They, just, they shower him with love and hugs instead. <laughs> like, they reward his behavior. <laughs> Let's go outside and look off. for that ball. <laughs> You're going to work this off, you little jackass. <laughs> you don't just break your window and get to cry because two adults are arguing. Because your mom never loved you, you, you piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then we're back at the park all of a sudden. Oh yeah, yeah. And this it's, is the day where suddenly Jesse has been training Willie, and they have an entire routine worked out. And uh, uh, Michael Ironside and Hinchman are in the park, along with the biggest garbage people crowd of ever existed. Uh, this crowd. This is the right before then, right? Oh, this is the private showing. The private showing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yeah, yeah. Is the okay, private okay. We're not okay. I'll so just... this is, uh, we we want to see everything so that we can invest and oh, right, and right, right, expand right. the park and make more money off this right this whale this commodity. And it goes great. It does. They're doing like flips and turns and that's right. 
you know, the the uh, tank girl has not been able to do anything, even though she is trained in, in animal behavior. Right. And, and uh, Jesse just all of a sudden makes Willie do all these fancy tricks, and they're like, "This is great. Can you? What was the line? Can you? Uh, can you do this again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can a dog piss on a on a brick wall?" <laughs> Was the twelve-year-old response? Keep that line. Keep it. It's great. I love it. Let's do lunch. And then they have the best idea of the movie. Let's have a Willie show. Let's have a Willie show. Oh, I should have got. <laughs> I should have isolated that that audio. Yeah. So it all it all it all turns out and and then yeah and then the douchebags the of the world beings they show up pounding on the windows now i used to work in an aquarium and and i can uh, attest that that is entirely how kids would act yes and i can not... see that but like it's uh, they also this whole crowd they've assembled this whole crowd for free willy's first show and free willy's not performing and they can't figure it out so they they throw the kid out by himself in front of this crowd and when things start going wrong nobody saves him none of the <laughs> they don't care. none of these not in their job descriptions i guess to go save him but then the crowd gets restless and they are all start clapping and then chanting and hitting the glass in the aquarium it's like where are the adults in this <laughs> none just ravaging crowd and making noise and oh they were the worst and the parents were just disappointed you know they just i know looked, right oh what, an, uh, what an embarrassment this is he must feel like crap let's not let's just keep him standing out there let's not un- any of us do anything this movie would never uh it, they wouldn't have that problem today because now they have medicine when your willy won't perform. Oh, <laughs> oh I keep it's, it's <laughs> I've been saving that. I, yes. I'm gonna. <laughs> That's definitely not gonna perform. <laughs> yes, uh, I'll just keep that open from now on, just in case, in case we have more jokes coming. But I'm. Uh, yeah. So he the the show is a failure. And it's actually right before that scene where my favorite line in the movie comes in, and they're they're introducing the show, and uh, over the loudspeaker they say, "Please remain seated during the Willie show." During the Willie show. <laughs> <laughs> Did they not think when they were caught? Like, I was it? I I was gonna say, was it a euphemism back then? But it must have been. It it absolutely was. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. unfortunate. Because weren't they using uh, that during the whole Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky? I guess, but that would have been after yeah. this. Slick Willie. Slick Willie. What right. was his name, though, too? Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> I get jokes from 20 years ago. Wait a minute. <laughs> that was that was some escape room sort of deduction going on right there. <laughs> but then Willie retaliates, or Willie's response to this, uh, he starts ramming the, the tank. Oh right, because the noise, yeah, the the noise drives from all the kids banging really crazy, so he just rams into it, yeah, rams, and then uh, one of the bolts starts leaking, and then the idea comes while he eats popcorn, right? Was it was it Michael popcorn eating? Was it no? It wasn't Michael Ironside. It was Twelve Dogs of Christmas. Yeah, right. Had that idea. Okay, right. Now wait, in lieu of an actual, so what are their really? What are their jobs then? What is Twelve Dogs at Christmas? I think Michael Ironside owns the park. Okay, and right. then maybe he has the other guy's the manager or the day to day. Probably like yeah. financial guy. Okay, is what I'm uh, because he he's the one who thought of how do I make a million dollars out of this? Right, and okay. I'm gonna kill the whale. Right. 
that's how I'm going to do it. Because, they, yeah, they have insurance on the whale, so he saw the tank starts leaking, and so his idea is to break it more in the middle of the night. I right. think it has less to do with the wh- the tank breaking and more about killing the whale. Killing the whale. Because I think yep. they said that they had like a million dollar life insurance policy. Yep. Yes, Will but you? not what? What don't they have on the insurance no policy? No theft insurance. No theft insurance. So what do our heroes do? <laughs> Which, you know, skipping ahead. Set up. So Spoilers. Willie is free. So they're, they're going to get this whale back. To do what? To kill it? Like to throw it into an empty tank? Because the tank is now empty. Empty, yeah. All the water. So is... what? What was their plan? Well, their I thought their plan all along was to go to the ocean because the no 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 no, no, the, no, no. The, the, the bad guys yeah so oh well if... they were just going to drain the water out and the whale would die and then they would get well, money for that once right? he was stolen though so now he's stolen he's on the run. Would they put it into the dry tank and oh, wait for it to die? Which is what are they going to do when they catch him? I didn't even think. <laughs> like, what was their plan? <laughs> Flopping around like a goldfish I, on the countertop. The, right. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bunch of footage in that, um, in the in the Keiko, A Journey Home uh, YouTube thing of the moving Keiko the whale with the big cranes and stuff like that. That poor. So they, the, in the real Keiko story, after the movie comes out, blah, 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 there's the big movement to free him. They build the new tank in Oregon, and they have to do these big logistical, how do you move a whale from Mexico City to to Astoria? And so UPS is involved and all these time windows and cranes, and because UPS has the plane that's big enough to put the... Uh, Looks like a big uh, train, like a train. They flew him up here? Yeah. Well, what are they going to do? Swim put it on him a up? ship. Swim him? Well, that would take forever. A few days? It's not like... But he, but Willie sh- is. So they put him tank. in like a shipping container, oh. like with no water. So he's oh. just. So they covered him with lotion. They could just put what? him on, tie him to a boat, and put a carrot on a stick no. and let him swim all the way. Right. Up. So yeah, they packed him up. They put they put <laughs> lotion they put lotion on him, and no. they put the sling in like a box car. And they drive the box card, and it was in real life. It was just like the terrible crowd, because the streets of Mexico were filled with cheering people, and like it was like the OJ slow speed chase. They're all screaming and taking pictures and making all sorts of noise (laughs) with this trailer. And so the convoy (laughs) finally gets to the airport, and they're loading the crate onto the UPS, uh, the UPS plane using some planks and some rollers or whatever the planks and rollers one of the rollers comes off and for two hours the crate is stuck like halfway in the plane and halfway off and they're trying to make a window because if it gets too warm outside the plane won't be able to take off because it will be too heavy and so all this stuff is happening to to move this stupid greased up whale in the back of a ups plane but yeah so that was I don't know how we got off of that. So that's what they're doing here. Footnote: Do you want to explain uh, what actually happened to so in case to the actual don't know free Willy Whale happened to Kiko after this movie? Yeah. So so Keiko got moved to. Uh, they built a huge new tank in Newport, Oregon, which is where the uh, Oregon Coast Aquarium is, and they rehabilitated him. His skin condition uh, got better. He had fresh, good, colder water that he needed, and was super healthy and super active. He gained. I think like a thousand pounds in the first month that he was there. Did his fin go up? His fin never went up because that atrophied. Mm. Uh, it just atrophied down because they didn't have the space to keep it up. I mean, if you think of Bernoulli's uh, principle of pressure, that's when they swim fast enough through the water that helps keep it uh, yeah. straight up. And if they don't need that, it just it just goes over to the side because they're not. You're giving me that look like I'm full of crap right now, which maybe I am. Who knows? So. <laughs> 
<laughs> and now the rest of the story. <laughs> so I've heard, I've heard, and and uh, this movie did not support this theory. Right. But uh, I uh, used to be a very regular attendee of. Oh, that's right. Of um, Sea World. Sea World. My grand grandmother had an annual pass, and she'd bring me all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they they very uh, consistently claimed it was a. Curly hair, straight hair thing. No, oh, no, no, that okay, is no. absolutely no. wrong. Okay. No, <laughs> they're happy living in this <laughs> tiny tank. <laughs> okay. They, they, their dorsal fins die when they're happy. That's... No, I, what they said, what they said in, uh, in the documentary, was that it wasn't atrophy because it didn't have enough space to keep those muscles strong and upright. So, I mean, I, whether or not that's the full story or not, but it is something that is only seen in captive in captive whales. So they rehabilitated Keiko in, in Newport. In Newport for a while. Like I, I forget how, how long. A couple of years, I think. A couple of years. And then they uh, found, they were trying to find a place to move him again. And since he was caught in uh, off of Norway, they found his pod again. They recorded Keiko's voice and was able to match his voice to his family's voice oh, of wow. migrating whales. Because each family of whales has a different dialect. So even though they're all speaking whale, which sounds nothing like the little piece of audio we've been playing. Um, they could, they totally matched him up. They moved him up to um, the coast of, I want to say Norway again, but I don't think that was right. It was off of Quebec, I think for a while. What's on the other oh, side? Oh no, of Iceland. Is Iceland. Where yeah, they yeah, dropped yeah. him off. Reykjavik. And so he lived uh, in Reykjavik for a while and they had a whole bay that they could shut off so he can get used to like the real current and the real storms and all that. And he lived there for a long time. Um, and then they released him, and I think about three years later, they had found that he had died of pneumonia. So, and and during those three years, he would always stay kind of on the outskirts of his pod, never like really joining it. So I don't know if the other whales didn't accept him or if he didn't feel comfortable. He smelled like man flesh. He smelled like man flesh. Um, but he would always, even though he was in the wild, he would go search out human contact. Uh, and they don't know if that's because he just kind of missed it or if he wanted to go back or wanted to be fed or, but he did, he didn't die of like starvation or anything. So he was able to hunt and they were able, they had to train him out of hunt in captivity. And they did that with a series of shapes and rewarding him for picking shapes to train his brain. Ooh, I can look for and find things. And then they made shapes in the food or whatever. So hmm. it was really interesting. I mean, it was sad how it ended ultimately, but I think he lived, if he would have been in the Mexico tank, any longer than he was, he would be dead. Yeah. So it did extend his life by a long time. It set up all these foundations and awareness of... So their life expectancy, I think, is around 30 years, and he lived to 26. He lived to 26. I think the expectancy is 30 to 50 in the wild. Um. So yeah, it's not like he had a, a big stunted life or anything like that, but I do kind of wonder... Like if you could peek into his brain when he was out in the wild, like did he like that? Did yeah. he was it awful? Was it great? But so that's what yeah, that's what happened to the and I think two thousand three is that what we said? When, yeah, two thousand three was when he finally when he died. died. So hmm. so oh, I mean, I ultimately I guess kind of a sad story, but but his life was definitely extended, and he had a much healthier life than if he would have stayed in that hot, yeah. hot swampy Mexico aquarium that they found him in. So well, so well back in the movie at this back point, back in the movie time. So uh, Jesse uh, is is very dejected after the show fails and Willie won't perform and you know he starts questioning life and he doesn't know if he should hang around anymore and he doesn't know what he's gonna do and I think he that's... really had a crisis for that not working I mean that yeah and everybody treated it like 
it was just this huge abject failure that this 12 year old couldn't control a wild animal the first time out of the gate and like it was like oh we're so sorry you must have been so embarrassed you gave it your all yeah and you're not so much a failure like your mom your doesn't mother, love you <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Also, ter- so oh, yeah, Dalton's very terrible. I think his buddy Perry was in California by this time, and he gets the thought that maybe he should move to California. Yep. And the uh, parents and uh, Dwight have to have the intervention. That's when they go to E. Cola, right? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. He's reminded of his, of his unwantedness <laughs> in the world. That was an interesting uh, scene that was happening when they were at E. Cola. They, like, Matt painted in the park in the background of oh, where I didn't notice that. that and they had like the ferris wheel so they were sitting on the oh, benches wow. at Ecola, but you could see the like theme park in the background oh i didn't notice that yeah that's a kind of a neat shot that's funny yeah and in all of the shots of the of free willy tank i keep calling him free willy too in the background <laughs> they had frankenstein's them. monster <laughs> the they, doctor is victor frankenstein <laughs> they had the bad matte painting of the the ocean in the background of all of the the tank shots and when the kid, oh, he doesn't. Oh, this is where he climbs the ladder, right? I think that's later that night. Maybe okay. He, for whatever reason, he he's mad at the whale, but he's he's like, oh, he wants to say goodbye to the whale. He's decided he's that's gonna right. run away to California, so he goes back to, uh, back to the park to to say goodbye to Willie, and then Willie starts squirting him with water. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That's yeah. right. Stop that. That's Stop right. Willie. Stop it. When you're really squirt, you know. <laughs> uh. So and then, yeah, and then Willie's doing that crazy crying noise, and that's why he climbs up that. He climbs up the ladder, and then to see his family of whales yeah. out in the distance. Jesse sees the and he and he makes the connection. Oh, your your family is out there. Yeah, and then so Jesse gets it in his mind that he's gonna free, free Willie. So that is when they. Oh, the first thing they do is they they uh, need a vehicle. Yeah. Well, what the first? What are the first things? First things uh, adults don't do when they see a child out in the middle of the night is they don't call the foster parents. <laughs> they just immediately jump in this twelve-year-old's plan of stealing yes. a seven-thousand-pound whale, and so instead of waking up the parents and saying, "Hey, want to come help us out?" They yeah, steal we, yeah. their truck. They steal the truck. The tow truck. Yeah, that was one of the biggest plot holes, probably. Yeah. Um, and then they take the truck back to the uh, park. They uh, use the cranes there to load Willie up. In, uh, in his little Willy trailer. With his Willy trailer. And they have like a mister on a stick that they keep misting <laughs> right. the yeah. whale down so that he wouldn't dry out. <laughs> so yeah, what's the best way to transport this whale? Oh, we'll put in an open air, air trailer and then we'll drive through dusty mountain roads to get there. <laughs> right, so they take the truck. Their first plan was to, to head beeline it for the ocean, which was using these back mountain roads. And then yeah. they come across a, a tree that had fallen and then they can't proceed, so they have to back up. And then they end up getting the truck stuck. The trailer sliding down the, mount- the mountain yeah. a little bit. So at that point, they call uh, Glenn, the foster dad, Michael Madsen. to come help. And Michael Madsen comes to out. To come do his thing with his eye- his forehead wrinkles that he does in every movie <laughs> yeah. to stare at you with his James Dean-esque <laughs> right. brow. There's a there's a chain behind the seat. Behind the seat, yeah. And so I have Mark's uh, Mark's favorite line from this whole movie uh, coming up here. So yeah, they they finally call. They're stuck on the thing. They finally call uh, the foster parents to come help them because they can't move the tree and the thing is sliding down the hill. 
Uh, let's see here. I'm okay. Let's see what's going on. What the heck are you doing with my truck? This whale. It's <laughs> so, what what's great about that is it's it's two totally valid questions. <laughs> it's it's what the heck are you doing with with this truck? Well. It's his truck. Right. Like, I'm surprised he didn't say my truck. Right. What the hell are you doing with my, my truck? truck? And this whale. <laughs> like. And not it, it a whale. Totally. Right. Yeah. He's not surprised the what? fact that it's a whale, but it's this whale. And <laughs> like that, that requires a big response. Like you see someone towing a whale <laughs> through the forest. It's not like this car and. My boots that you stole. <laughs> like this whale. I'm going to play it one more time here. Let's see what's going on. What the heck are you doing with my truck? Oh, it is my truck. This whale. <laughs> this whale. This whale. Whale. Kind of an afterthought. I was yeah. more concerned about my truck than this three ton <laughs> marine animal. But thanks. You're towing through the woods. Thanks to Michael Madsen, he has the great idea that they will take the other way to the beach and they will drive through downtown Portland with the whale. With the whale. And they take and across it, the Hawthorne Bridge. Hawthorne Bridge with a whale, and then they take take that they're going to go to the uh, car wash and wash their willy uh, at the car wash. Uh, what? What? And they have uh, at this point, yeah, they pull off the road into one of the self serve car washes. Now, I I really thought it was going to be a drive through car wash. So, I thought so I too. was excited <laughs> to see how they would do that, but it was not. So they took out the wand, which is like a super high pressure wand. I right. mean, that would have just cut the flesh right off a of willy. <laughs> then they spray Maybe it right it, in his it mouth. Cleared up that rash. <laughs> they just <laughs> they just blew the HPV off or the WPV off the whale. And then they had two of the most distracting. <laughs> And pointless characters at this point. Yes. Which were two. Nice whale. Out of nowhere. Hobo. Like literal hobos from the 20s, it looked like. It, All but missing tramps. a bindle and an open can of beans. So it was exactly. Uh, so <laughs> the uh, the movie Trading, Trading Places. Yeah. Uh, had the two old men that, um, that made a bet on. Uh, I, this is gonna be a long story. Yeah, I'm sorry. Should we this is gonna de- derail <laughs> this seriously. So, uh, so in that movie, they make a bet for a dollar that destroys two people's lives. Okay. Right? In a subsequent movie, uh, they turn out to be homeless, and somebody else is making a dollar bet. And I, it would be awesome if it was. Those if it was, same, oh, if it, it was, was like those a connected same, universe, right? Like but the Marvel that's what it universe. It felt like it felt like well, a and, cameo of a different. And I looked them plot. up because I'm like, these must be famous. You know, that must have been their act on vaudeville. Like literally, that guy had been in one movie, one of the hobos. No, two movies. He was in Free Willy, and he was the stand-in for uh, James Woods in some like James Wood movie that I've never heard of. And like his two credits were that. Aww. It made no sense. And yeah, they just say nice whale. And that's Thanks. it. That's our whole. And then, but yeah. that was supposed to be funny. And yeah. as you see, you, you just said the line and you did not get a reaction from us. Right. It was not nice. funny. They had to try nice to import whale. humor from, from tramps and hobos. And it didn't. Yeah, that was so weird. Because it's the middle of the night. In a tiny and town. In a oh, tiny well, town. 
Well, here's my question. Am I assuming it's just a tiny town because I know it's Astoria? No, you're not. You're assuming because the general audience thinks that it is a large coastal town. Okay. It's at least the size of Portland on the coast. Right, because it, it, it's got an, a, a big amusement park. I guess. It's it got a Lloyd has, Center. It has, yeah. It's it got has a Hawthorne Bridge. The Pioneer Square where they're hustling. And so it's yeah. it's got a train, uh, you know, the Max line. Oh yeah, the is Max in is in here. Yeah, uh, I guess. I guess maybe in my head that I was like, this is Astoria. Like no one is around, and you're well, a block you're from the beach. You're thinking that because it's like you know Oregon. Long Beach, you know, yeah. California, yeah. not okay. Washington. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, that makes more a little more sense then. But there doesn't exist a city like that in the Pacific Northwest, so they had right. to invent one. Right, right, and never name it. They probably thought they'd be able to find that city, but then they were like, what? You guys don't have one of those? Yeah, really. Right on the coast. Uh, um, okay, so they wash their willy, and uh, <laughs> then it's straight to the coast. But I just realized this is another um, – when they start driving, it's it's uh, it's night. dark. Yeah. And by the they time get... they get to the coast, it's suddenly day. It's daytime it's again. It's starting to be morning, yeah. yeah. And so as this they're whole... driving – yeah, so the, as they go with this – Six blocks, you know, is really <laughs> yeah. Six blocks with a whale takes uh, six hours. Yeah, yeah, they had to pull over to get, keep it keep the willy wet, right? At the car wash, right. I really wanted to be a drive through car wash, right? But they, the the kid is able to bicycle there. Right? Yeah, that's true, <laughs> and to and from home, right? Jeez, so this <laughs> this movie doesn't even know its own geography. So they get to the water, and there's a, a fence. It's gated, and the bad guys have beaten them there because th- by this time. <laughs> Don't, don't. By this time, they, they've oh. realized that their whale has been stolen, and they, they figure they're going to try and release it. So they get there, and uh, this point, Michael Madsen is driving the truck, and and uh, the, the henchman and Michael Ironside are standing in front of the gate, and, and Jesse's like, go, Dad, go. And they are able to find henchmen. Michael Ironside and 12 Dogs of Christmas were able to find henchmen so fast in the middle of the night. There's like 10 of them. And I can't imagine what that phone call was like because they had to warn them. This is And two shit. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I mean, who do you call in the middle of the night to stop... to stop someone from stealing a whale. Like, that's them, not normal henchman work. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they were at the marina already, and they were <laughs> the owners of the marina, and they did just... There they, they maybe. Wanted to... Well, they had been there earlier that night to uh, cut open the window. Oh, it's uh, those same two people. It, could, it might be. I guess. Maybe they Multifunction. were... When they were sabotaging the they tank. Hired they rented goons. them all night. <laughs> we had these goons for all night. Can we, what can else we throw can in we a do? morning? We've got to stop the whale, and I don't have enough budget for my goons. So my question was, that Michael Madsen decides to gun it, and he's going to hit the fence, and the henchmen scurry out of the way. How did they know the gate was going to break away break into like balsa wood like yeah. the balsa wood that it clearly was made of and right. what i noticed so it looked like this big metal you know guard gate that you open which is surrounded by cyclone fencing yeah like they had that huge gate and like they it wasn't an impassable around it it's not like it was a brick wall it was just chain link fence but yeah they ram into that it would have been a if that was a metal gate, gate that would have been a short trip that would have been a short trip but even so i mean the gate explodes and I mean, there's a whale. They're towing a whale. <laughs> and they're they blasting are, through gates, and then they, they turn the care. thing, and they ram they don't care. that trailer into the bay like nobody's busy. They're just right. hauling into he, that bay. He brings the the whale and the truck 
underwater. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, Michael Madsen makes a line, something about the truck. I can't remember what he said. But he, he, opens a, he opens the door and like it's all flooded and he kind of notices it. So I'm glad they like at least acknowledge it. He said something and he's like, well, it's worth it or something like that. <laughs> right. Whatever is convenient for my character right now, I'm just going to stare at people with my brows again. <laughs> <laughs> but this is yeah i thought this was because the the they get free willy into the bay this the the way out of the bay is being closed off by the, the, the henchmen are now henchmen. The, i think they're in the pequot again <clears throat> in the pequot again beating their oars against the water and they deploy a net so willy can't get out of the bay um and, and i think they trap willy they, they block the entrance and they trap Willie yep. with the net now we we know how it ends. We know Willie jumps over the retaining wall and escapes to freedom. Yep. Why didn't Willie just jump over the net? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a lot easier? Yes. That was my biggest plot hole in the movie. <laughs> because he would have had to jump just out of the water, right? Not just enough to get out under of its chin <laughs> to push down a little bit on the net. <laughs> well, they said that the bay was only twenty feet deep, and then they show Willie getting ready for the jump from hundreds of feet deep. Has a hang time of like fifteen seconds, and what is probably the worst special effects yes. I have ever seen. Yes. I was shocked. <laughs> And this it was, was 93. This was Ju- Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park came out Terminator in 1993. 2. This is yeah. the era where... And clearly this movie had money. I don't know what the budget was, but I mean, everything else about this movie. They had Michael Jackson. Was very Maybe that's where they spent their whole budget. <laughs> but yeah, this terrible. I mean, it may as well have been that <laughs> blow up whale making a tiny, a tiny green. Like somebody dropped a pebble into a lake and used that splash. And it was. What a terrible way to end that, like, triumphant scene. But given their credit, like, it is what everyone knows. It yeah. is the symbol of the movie. It is the symbol of the movie. Most of him running his hand underneath the whale, you know, as it dripped all the water on him. And But I, I, thought, I thought this is where he was going to pull out the harmonica to, like, get his attention back from the chaos because they set up that he couldn't handle chaos with the terrible people at the show. Harmonica? What are you talking about? Yeah, we never used a harmonica in this movie (laughs) to play send in the clowns constantly. (laughs) Yeah, I, that was, that was bad. That CGI. It was shameful. Uh, The end. Uh, end, Yes. And then Willie is free. (laughs) And, but yeah, they don't, they don't really say where Willie's going I guess just being free I guess the audience going was back kind to of his family that's why there's a sequel naive to see, what, to see him going die back to his family if you care more about uh, going into the mythology of Willie there's an animated series and uh, three <laughs> sequels wow yeah so I the ending the ending of the movie was not I think it it fell below, I think, the expectations I was getting from the first two thirds of this movie, and maybe I was giving it too much credit. But I didn't, like, I knew it wasn't for me. Like, the movie wasn't made to please me, so I gave it a lot of latitude, and I thought it, I thought it did okay with a lot of that until, until the end. Some of the choices made at the end of the movie, and then they end it with our Michael Jackson song that has really nothing to do uh, with the movie, but was conveniently out at the time off his Dangerous album, which was the. Will You Be There, which has the most overwrought, and we'll play it at the very end of the show, spoken word segment of Michael Jackson emoting so much that it's like he is crying in the song, and it's pretty amazing. It sets the emotional tone for the movie, really. It sets the emotional tone. 
So, yay! Would you? I don't. I have. I have a couple uh, IMDb <clears throat> reviews. Uh, but would you? Would you recommend seeing this? If the, if people listening have not seen this movie, would you recommend seeing it? If you're interested in seeing Astoria in Portland in film, sure. Otherwise, yeah, okay. yeah. and I I think it's one of those movies that, um, you should have under your pop culture belt, uh, right? Because but pretty much anything there's you a need lot of to references know about it, you already know, right? <laughs> Which is that to the poster behind us. I would say I would say if you have kids, I would say this yeah. is a solid entrance in the the animal kid you know movie. It's not, but on the younger end, I would say so. But even. Oh, I, yeah, I would say like 10 and under maybe yeah. uh, after that. But um, but yeah, compared to all the Air Bud movies where they're playing soccer and baseball with animals. I mean, this is, like I said, I thought it was competently directed. There was even some shots that I was like, wow, that was a really nice crane shot that they did. I thought the, the whale training montage scenes with them. And the, I don't know what they used for robotics in this movie and what they didn't. I thought, I mean, obviously when they were transporting him, that was right. you know, a robot, but I thought all of that was done really, really well and seamlessly. It wasn't like it was yeah. super distracting. You, you what could was the... you could tell that they clearly had a remote control fin version with a with a blowhole. Right. Uh, that uh, it was really obvious at the beginning of the movie when uh, the uh, the bad guys were trying to capture him because they would do. Uh, a picture of Willie uh, with no other characters in it. And it was clearly him. But anytime you had a human or, you know, a ship in the audience, it was clearly that RC version okay. of the same thing. And it was just the fin going straight through <laughs> and a blowhole yeah. happening. And, uh, and I was wondering, there was a shot when, uh, in one of the, one of the many training montages of Jesse riding uh, free Willy like uh, and like they had a couple shots right. from far away that it clearly could have been a stunt person but they had some shots where like I did wonder if they really let this kid <laughs> ride a whale and st- I, clearly they let him stick his arms in his mouth and pet right. his tongue and like they I was surprised at what they were what they oh, were having a go. child do in this right in this movie but I found two um they're uh they're not super long but they're a little longer reviews off of uh imdb imdb for uh free willy did you hear they're shutting down the imdb message boards yes oh really i never looked at it terrible why are they doing that uh they it's just they probably get so so spam cesspool they they claim it's uh not worth the money that it costs to operate them i can see that well anyway well so these are going to be short and few coming then so if a movie's greatness is measured by its cinematography and its direction and its deep characters and its thought-provoking script and its revolutionary special effects, then Free Willy is not the next Citizen Kane. But if you can appreciate films that have something important to say and something that it wants people to open their eyes to, then Free Willy is just as important and gripping as anything from Gandhi to Platoon, Mississippi, bur- Mississippi Burning to Boys in the Hood, wow. and JFK to Dancing with Wolves. And that is the truth. Is this person only alive in the 90s? <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Uh, then we have one from uh, a user named Jonah Complex. First of all, let me say Free Willy iced my soul. <laughs> the part where the orphan boy eats all that cake was magical. 
I was very disappointed when the cops showed that he showed up and he couldn't eat more of that scrumptious cake. The cake has a lot to do with the young boy's relationship with that Indian and Willie. In the end, you can say that Willie really takes the cake, but in the beginning, it's certainly the short blonde hair whale trainer who takes the cake. The movie does have a rather sad ending in that Willie jumps over an entire island and gains his freedom, but it's also true that the orphan boy doesn't ever get back the cake. What? This goes on and on about cake. The rock for like another three paragraphs. So, wow. I was I, I thought I thought this was going to end with a cake as a lie joke. That's what it was leading up to, but it doesn't. It ends up, the birthday cake taught me that life is entropy, and there's nothing we cannot do without to control our destinies. I'm also eating cake right now. So that was that was Jonah Complex re- review of yes. Uh, Thank you, Jonah Complex. So, well, all right. That that did us for Free Willy. So yeah, if if I would say if you have kids, go ahead and watch it. If not, you probably know enough about it by that and by listening to this. So. I would say The Hunted is still so far my favorite, just uh, like representation of Portland on of film. how Portland looks. Yeah. But so far, I, I put this a close second. I do. Yeah, I would yeah. say that too. Yeah. Nice, nice. So um, what? Uh, Want to pick a new movie? Yeah. Okay. This is the exciting part. Our next new movie will be. So yeah, just to kind of reiterate, as we're picking out, uh, Todd, Todd should pick it this time. Uh, this I time, pick, uh, I picked Free Willy for, for next. Okay, month. so I'm reaching into the Darth Vader Unipiper helmet, and I picked out something called Fatal Revenge. <laughs> nice. Do any of us know what? Fa- as we all I've quickly never, Google yeah, Fatal Revenge, it sounds like it's a lifetimey, uh, like. Um, Oh, it sounds like the fatal fatal attraction. Fatal attraction. Oh, maybe it's a knockoff of fatal, right. fatal attraction for fatal, fatal revenge. revenge from 1990. It Ooh. doesn't even have a plot synopsis. Yes. Are you an internet movie database? I am. <laughs> so we have nothing. We, we have nothing have to go on. Nothing. But did you find anything when wow. you just Googled it? Um, uh, actually, the the poster of the movie has, has a, a nice description. Of so here's what the poster of the movie says. An action-packed adventure amid a merciless struggle for power among drug lords in a metropolitan city. The kidnap and attempted rescue of an undercover policewoman leads rookie cops Palmer and Young into a world much more than they imagined. They enter the world of big crime, something you train for but hope it doesn't exist. I'm looking at that poster and it's like, yeah, that that is longer than the Free Willy Cake review, that, that poster. I was just going to look up because it's. Uh, I was going to look up Philip J. Roth, the director. That's amazing. I've never seen a movie with that much plot on text, the poster. Text Philip on the poster. Oh, uh, did you see its score? No. No. It has a three point three on IMDb. Oh my goodness! Out of four, with Playboy. <laughs> look in the credits. I'm looking at that Fatal Revenge poster, um, and it's it's telling you the starring, also starring, blah blah blah. With Playboy's Sandra Greenberg. That's yes. always a good sign. Philip J. Roth. Oh, he also directed Total Reality, which is the uh, other movie I mentioned um, filmed in Portland. Um, I wonder if he's a local guy. So I wonder if we could maybe reach out maybe to him. Maybe we can get Philip J. Roth on the show. Philip that would be amazing. J. Born in uh, 1959 in Portland. Wow. Death Race Anarchy coming in. Oh, see, he's like another guy. Like his Wikipedia page is... Like every single year, he's done like ten movies: uh, Robo Shark, Jarhead Three, Death Race, Anarchy, Crystal this... Skulls, Wrong Turn Five. Holy oh, crap. this is going to be amazing! The Grudge Three. We have to try and get this guy on the show. Boogeyman Three. Is this the same guy? This. How many entries is on this? This is crazy. 
He directed in 2013, just one year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven films. Holy Toledo. At the same time. At the same time. Actually, most of them say producer. So Fatal Revenge. And we know for sure that this was filmed in Portland, right? So none of us knew Filming locations, about Portland, Oregon, USA, according to the IMDb. All right. Well, Fatal Revenge starring Julian Lee, Sandra Greenberg, and Michael Land. The tagline is cop killed, police woman hostage. Now the force is out for fatal revenge. So there we go. Next time on Portland. Next time. And again, uh, next time, if you are hearing us on the Fun Employment Radio Network for the first time, welcome. And check out Elastis' show number four for Portland the Movies. Is that what we've done? We've done Halloween Town. We've done Dr. Giggles. We've done The Hunted. And, and now Free, Free Willy. Willy. So yeah, this was show number four. You can find the rest of our shows at portlandatthemovies.com and you can find us at facebook at facebook.com slash portland at the movies and again oh, oh sorry there i am talking in the background to myself sorry um and if you are unfamiliar with fun employment radio check them out not only is the fun employment radio podcast there but they've got great shows like geek in the city with aaron duran uh and some sports shows and also there's some food shows there's all sorts of great things so check them out at, at funemploymentradio.com um and do join us next time. I will take us out with the overwrought Michael Jackson spoken word part for the Free Willy song. In our darkest hour, in my deepest despair, will you still care? Will you be there in my trial? Tell us how you really feel. I know this word for word still. And frustrations. And my turbulence.